Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Welcome to the Lit Poetry Podcast Season 1. I'm your host, James Laidler, Australian poet and writer. In this episode, we'll be cranking up the attitude and going all in on family issues with This Be The Verse by British poet Philip Larkin. Like a chef at work in his kitchen, Larkin mixes one part truth with two parts tongue-in-cheek. He adds 500 mils of rhyme and musicality, a tablespoon of crass language, and then pours the mixture into the reader's ears. The poem is then left to bake in the reader's minds on moderate heat until golden brown. But enough of my crude analogy. Let's take a listen to the poem, shall we? But be warned, this poem comes with a language warning. This Be The Verse by Philip Larkin They fuck you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they have and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. So I want to start our discussion today by saying a few words about Larkin himself and the historical context of the poem. This Be The Verse was written and published in 1971, the year of my birth, a time when poets tended to write in free verse, an experimental and fluid style of writing praise for its move away from older poetic conventions and forms. At the time, older poetic conventions like rhyme schemes and the use of strict metres were seen by contemporary poets of the time as putting a straitjacket around language rather than liberating it. Larkin's poem, however, sticks to the use of these older conventions, yet in doing so, rather paradoxically, Larkin still manages to create a poem that has a contemporary feel to it. It is a poem that pushes the boundaries and feels very modern and in-your-face, aligning itself with the countercultural forces of the time. And this is not just because of the fact that Larkin lets rip with a few F-bombs in his lines. The 1970s, of course, was a historical period that was full of political change and ferment as countercultural movements grew in prominence, promoting messages about the value of love, peace, equality and freedom. In this context, This Be The Verse was written at a high point of cultural upheaval, when young people were questioning powerful organisations, unjust laws and 
leaders with authority, including, of course, their own parents. It was a time of rebellion that was focused on making a decisive break from the conservative past. As such, the cynical thoughts in the poem about how parents fuck up their children can be seen as aligning with the decade's general attitude towards older generations. Larkin's poetry in general was often considered rather dark and pessimistic in outlook. Full of that rather dry, sarcastic and cynical humour the English are so well known for. Philip Larkin himself never married or had kids and as a child himself he was homeschooled until the age of eight. He didn't have a particularly close relationship with his parents either, though they did support him in his various endeavours. The title of the poem comes from Robbie Louis Stevenson's gorgeous poem Requiem, which includes the line, This be the verse you grave for me. A requiem is a song sung for the dead, and Stevenson's poem is about death and remembrance by those who loved you. Larkin has written a very different sort of poem about loved ones, showing their influence is extremely pervasive, yes, but negative. Just look at the poem's title, This Be The Verse. It's a forthright and assertive title for a poem, a bold declaration that the poet has suddenly discovered the meaning of life and is going to share it with you. Appropriately for a requiem, Larkin's poem has a sing-song rhythm to it, as if an actual song, but the cheery rhythm is destabilised by the dark theme. Larkin tries to deconstruct the myth of the happy family in his poem. Requiem and This Be The Verse are poems that sit poles apart, therefore. In his depiction of the coldness of childhood, Larkin offers a counterpoint to Stevenson's warm representation of death as a restful homecoming. Together, the two texts work as alternative destinations. One poet speaking about the ending of life and the other about its beginnings. Glad did I live and gladly die, Stevenson proclaims. Or Larkin offers the opposite, declaring, get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. Here I want to stop and discuss some of the central ideas of the poem, namely the idea that our experiences of dysfunction and suffering in life are often related to the things we inherit from our parents. This be the verse suggests that all parents inevitably cause their children lasting emotional damage. This, the speaker suggests, is unavoidable. After all, even parents who don't intend to harm their children end up passing their character flaws onto them in addition to also causing numerous other flaws to take root in their children's lives. This can happen even out of a place of good intentions, like helicopter parents, for example. In smothering their kids and insulating them from the dangers and challenges of life, they often end up crippling them for life and giving them a warped understanding of their own self-importance. Seeing this process as a never-ending cycle, the speaker suggests that parents tend to fuck up their children precisely because their parents did the same thing to them. 
In this regard, the poem frames emotional damage as something that repeats over and over again and is intergenerational. Something that people can't help but inherit from their parents and then inadvertently inflict upon their own children. This notion of inheritance flies in the face of the modern myth of individualism in the Western world, which claims we are all born as blank slates and that we each get to freely choose who we become. Often this mythology is wheeled out to judge and condemn people from poor socio-economic backgrounds who are, say, unemployed, and label them as lazy or degenerate. In this situation, it is often assumed that these people are unemployed poor or suffer from feelings of powerlessness because they keep making bad choices in their lives rather than because they may have inherited a damaged outlook due to the systematic violence they have experienced across generations where each new generation's outlook is shaped by the previous one. But don't worry, being fucked up isn't a quality reserved only for the poor of this world or for minority groups. Moreover, there are no single groups that have a monopoly on being brought up by dysfunctional families. Larkin argues it's a universal phenomenon. The rich, for instance, can just as easily pass on problems to their children. It may just come in a different flavour, such as developing a warped sense of self-entitlement, pride, greed or ignorance. Indeed, all families, Larkin argues, are like dodgy car dealerships with a billboard outside the family store that says and proclaims, parents are us, whatever the dysfunction, we've got you covered, rich or poor, new or used, locally made or imported. Of course, one of the most important ideas in the poem is the notion that parents may actually not mean to lump their kids with their emotional baggage even if this is exactly what they end up doing. This implies that even the most well-intentioned parents can't help but pass on qualities that interfere with their children's development. An ethical parent with a loving disposition may inadvertently indoctrinate their children to become self-righteous crusaders, for instance, always quick to judge others and the world while blindly ignoring their own flaws. And even absent parents can shape their kids simply through their lack of interaction and their emotional distance. The reality is that all parents cause emotional damage to their children. And this therefore shows that the problem is a cyclical one. In fact, even the Bible refers to this social problem in the Old Testament when it claims in the book of Exodus that the sins of the father shall be visited upon the sons. In other words, dysfunction is certainly passed down the family tree, and the recognition of this problem has therefore been with us for a long, long time. All in all, it's actually a universally shared experience and perfectly normal for people to feel like their parents messed them up in some way or another. This, after all, is simply part of growing up and experiencing the kind of imperfection that is central to being a human being. To that end, the speaker notes that parents themselves have been fucked up by their parents and that the only way to break out of this endless cycle of suffering is to pass this life without having kids in order to cut the links of the chain.
Now, all this talk of inheriting problems from our parents sounds pretty depressing, but it's important to remember that This Be The Verse carries its message on the back of a pretty light-hearted tone. The poem is jingly and is reminiscent of a nursery rhyme. Overall, the speaker's advice that people should get out before having children comes across as being rather sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek, since few people would take this advice seriously. In turn, the poem suggests that there is virtually nothing a person can do to prevent these problems. To be alive is to accept that we are all flawed products of our upbringing. This, of course, is because parents pass on their problems to their children, and these problems deepen like a coastal shelf as time goes on and generation after generation inherits such misery. It is for this reason, then, that the speaker says, get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. In other words, the only way that humans could ever escape their own misery is if humankind ceased to exist at all. My own opinion, however, sits somewhat opposed to what Larkin proposes in that final line. Parents that instill their children with a sense of human tenderness and stress the importance of giving love unreservedly, of holding on to hope for other people's well-being, are all important dispositions that Larkin conveniently ignores. Instead, Larkin exclaims rather emphatically that they fuck you up, your mum and dad. Moreover, the only way out of the cycle of suffering, inadequacy, deep character flaws and wounded self-esteem, according to Larkin, even if humorously, is to end the cycle and get out and don't have any kids yourself. But ultimately, this declaration is manifestly unsatisfying. In all truth, I think that Larkin is wrong here. His logic is implacable. And for that, I honour him and the poem. It's a great poem. But perhaps like me, you too have belief in life, in family, in love. And so we go on having families and reproducing them. I sometimes wonder if the humour that suffuses the poem its street language, its joke about the something extra parents give you, its ludicrous portrayal of our forebears as fools, and finally its barely believable transgressive concluding line don't actually undermine the serious claim the poem makes. I admire the poem. I'm haunted by its devastating logic. But finally I reject Larkin's cynicism. He tells the truth, and yet he ignores the flashes of love that stretch out across the night sky of our family lives like forever twinkling stars. He buries with cynicism all the beautiful times a father has gently rubbed his daughter's back as she lay sick and shivering with fever, sitting up sleepless by her side till the crack of dawn. He has run away from the countless sleeping boys who have been carried to their beds from the family car in the arms of their loving mother after returning home late at night after a family celebration. And he has ignored all the tears of joy shed by parents around the world when their own adult children finally give birth to their own offspring. There is just so much to celebrate and hope for in this fragile human existence that we share and pass on to those who follow in our footsteps. In the end, maybe my criticism of this poem is unwarranted as it's important to remember that this be the verse has a very informal tone from the start when the speaker insists that parents will fuck you up. In contrast with the antiquated, rather lofty title, This Be The Verse, the lack of formality and bluntness of the first line is striking, perhaps catching readers off guard. 
In this, perhaps Larkin is trying to simply wake us up to the complexity of family life. But with that said, it's time for me to wrap up this episode and say goodbye. Of course, if you want further access to resources on poetry or you want to support our work, you can visit our website at www.litpoetry.com or simply subscribe to our podcast. A video clip of this poem is now live on our YouTube channel as well. We'll finish with listening one final time to the poem set to a different piece of music to give it a different kind of vibe, read by the fantastic Simon Jackson. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. This Be The Verse by Philip Larkin They fuck you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shell. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.